Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can, as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, we're just so thankful that you guys are here. You guys have found us. You found the podcast. We're just so thankful that you guys are here with us as we study and as we grow and as we talk together today. Um, again, so if you want to support the merch, uh, the link is underneath each video. Um, and so we're really so thankful for you guys and how you guys supported the podcast. Um, and also the support link is there if you would like to support uh, the podcast as well. Uh, real quick, before we get started, if you're watching the video portion of it, uh, I have one of the merch on today. I've got the new crew shirts, which these are really comfortable. It's kind of like a hoodie without the hood on it. Uh, but these are really nice, uh, especially for the fall uh, for the winter so the logo is on the back the kind of the newly designed logo but then on the front i have the nothing's wasted here um this is kind of a reference to joseph here where the the tough times in his life nothing was wasted um and so i really appreciate your guys' support and so thankful uh what you guys do for us and for the podcast all right so um here's our topic today as we kind of conversate as we talk together and as we study through uh through this here's where we want to go um so let's intro it this way before I tell you what the what the topic is. So one of my favorite movies of all time is Captain America Civil War. I love that movie. It's such a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, basically you have basically the Avengers split. So basically uh, the government brings down these accords that they have to sign because they're too dangerous now. So Captain America, his side says, well, I don't want to sign it. I really don't want to sign this. Iron Man's side says, well, I, I think we should sign it. We need to be in check. We need to be in check. We have powers. We need to be in check. So Iron Man's side signs the accords. And so throughout the movie, they kind of fight because of these accords of what's written. And so at the end of the movie, Captain America, who disagreed with Iron Man the entire time, who they literally fought the entire time, the movie ends by Captain America giving Tony a, a phone. And he says, I know we disagreed. I know we always didn't look at things the same way. But he says, if you need me, you just call me and I'll be there. If you need me, you call me and I'll be there. So, you know, our topic is just hold on. Just hold on. I'm coming. Just hold on. I'm coming. You know, think about that image of just holding on. I don't know where you guys are in your walk or where you are in life right now, but you might feel like in a sense you're just holding on. You know, it's almost like when I think about holding on, I think about someone kind of, uh, you know, holding on to a ledge and this is their last hope. Like there's no one there to help. And you might feel like you're just holding on. You know, you need some help. You need some encouragement. You need something. And you don't even know. And it might be at the point in your life where you don't even know what you need, which we'll see. That's actually probably a pretty good place to be because then the Lord can tell you what you need. Um. But, you know, as we think about that, isn't there a certain level of comfort, guys, and knowing that when you're going through something or, or when you need help or when you need a, a certain level of encouragement or whatever that is that you need, isn't it comforting to know that 
someone's going to be there. And even if you're just holding on to your last, that just before you let go or as you let go, somebody, whoever that is, somebody just grabs you. Say, okay, let's go. I'm here. I told you I was coming. You know, think about how comforting that is. And, and here's where we want to go with our topic of just hold on, I'm coming. I want to kind of look at some attributes of someone like that. So so what will what will this person look like? What will these people in life, what are these attributes? Do they align with God? And we'll see that they do. But what, what will God do for us? What will someone who wants to save you, what will they look like? in terms of God, in terms of good people, family, whatever that is, what are some things that they're going to do to help you when you're just holding on and you feel like you're going to let go and you feel like you can't do it anymore? Who's going to be there and grab you and say, hold on, hold on, I'm coming. I'll be there. Just hold on a little bit longer. I'm coming. So now let's look at this. And we're really going to stay in, in, um, in Luke 15 a lot today, guys, as we study. So if you're driving or, or studying or taking a walk or uh, doing what you're doing as you listen to this podcast. Here's where we're staying. You can go back and check this text, but we're really going to look a lot at Luke chapter 15 uh, as we look at this topic of, look, just hold on. Just hold on. I'm coming. And I hope that this can help you guys and give you guys some level of encouragement as we talk and as we go through this today. So here's where we're going with it. Luke 15. So how do I know? How do I know the attributes of, of those people or even God? How do I know of someone like that. How do I know? Here's what they'll do. And here's what God will do. Number one, they always look for you. They always look for you. Now, what does that mean? This kind of indicates when you mean, when you, when we kind of talk about, they look for you, there's this sense of something's missing. Okay. 99 are here. Okay. Everybody's here. Where's, where are they at? Where's he at? Where's she at? So they always look for you. So, I mean, look at Luke 15. Again, you have the three lost things here in Luke 15, either items or people. So you have the lost sheep, you have the lost coin, and you have the lost son. Now, there's a lot of similarities in this as we study, and you'll see this. But notice how it starts off uh, with the lost sheep, starting in verse number four of Luke chapter 15. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost, watch this, until he finds it. So now think about this concept, guys, of just hold on, I'm coming. I'm coming, just hold on. Number one, here's an attribute that they have. They always look for you. You know, there's there's times in our lives where, uh, and I think the Lord in his infinite mercy and in his infinite knowledge, the way that he describes us is is perfect. We are sheep. We are sheep. And if you know attributes of sheep, you know that, number one, sheep can be loud. Um, you know also sheep can follow, right? That We do have the ability to follow, right, to be led, to be guided, right? We, we have that ability. But then we also have the ability to wander off. We have that ability to, um, to kind of get restless, um, even if we're led to certain places or certain things or certain people. We feel kind of restless, so we feel like we we as sheep, literally we as sheep, we feel like we have to wander off. And, and maybe that in our own pride, maybe in our own arrogance, we feel like we can find what we feel we need 
to give us that certain peace or to give us that happiness or to give us that completeness, whatever you want to put in that sentence. So we go off. And when we go off, just like sheep do, we kind of leave the 99 and we go off and we wander. And then as we wander, we get lost. You know, there's an image that I saw. I think it might have been like an old YouTube video back in the day. But there was an image of a shepherd um, kind of contemplating or kind of giving a picture of Luke 15. And as he's given this picture, he has he has his phone and he's kind of vlogging as he's walking through. And he's like, all right, let's see if we can find this one. And as he's walking in the really thick grass, the wind is blowing and that grass is going everywhere. And he hears that sheep and that sheep is kind of stuck between two rocks and the sheep can't get out. And so as the shepherd goes, he goes down and he looks and he's seeking for that sheep and he's rejoicing that he found that sheep. But the sheep is just wailing. But he pulls that sheep out and the sheep runs back to the flock to the ninety nine. So how do I know the attributes of somebody like that? What what if right now for you, you've wandered in, in a certain way? What if right now you feel um, you kind of feel lost and, and lost? That's a. um that's a very complicated word in a sense because we can feel lost in a lot of ways. So you can kind of have everything together in terms of money, in terms of job, in terms of the people that you want. You can have all those things, but guess what you can still feel? You can still feel lost. You could be taken care of in a lot of certain in a lot of ways, but you still feel lost. You don't have to be, you know, broke and destitute to feel lost. You can feel that way and be lost, but you know, the thing about it is, do you feel that way somehow today? Are, are you are you lost and do you feel like that sheep? But think about the attributes of our father, number one, him uh, most of all. But think about the attributes of him and good people. What will they do? They will look for you. But so how does a shepherd look from Luke 15? How does that shepherd look? So notice what the text indicates here, especially in verse number four. At the end of verse 4, so he leaves the 99 in the wilderness, and he goes after that which is lost. But notice the small phrase at the end of verse 4, until he finds it. So what does this indicate? This indicates that when the shepherd goes to find that one that's lost, it's not a, a five-minute trip. It's not a 15-minute trip. I will stay until we find you. So what are you feeling right now? Just hold on. Just hold on, I'm coming. So now think about the attributes of, of God. Maybe you feel like in your life, as we're kind of talking and, and conversating through this, maybe as a lost sheep, maybe you feel in a certain sense left behind. Maybe you feel like you're hanging there and nobody knows you're there. It's, it's almost like that argument where, you know, if no one's in the forest and a, and a giant tree falls, does anybody hear it? You know, you might feel like nobody hears that you're lost. Nobody sees that you're lost. So now you have this sense of I'm holding on. I'm doing what I need to do to hold on in life. But who's coming? Who's there? Who's going to be there to say I'll be there? I'm coming. You know, our father, the the beautiful thing about God is his eye is everywhere. and, And he sees even when you're lost. Notice the text says, I will stay out here until I find you. How comforting is that? I will stay here until I find you. So now how do, 
what do they do? So they look for you, but how? How am I going to look for you? How is God going to look for you? Number one, a way that we can look for our brethren, our family, for people that we know in our lives, what we can do for them and what God does for us, here's what we can do. We can look for you through prayer. That's another way that we can look for you. So now, you know, I think about Luke 15 with the prodigal son. So when the prodigal son leaves the father's home in Luke chapter 15, as the, as the prodigal son leaves, and we don't know how long he was gone, but obviously he was gone for a long enough time to live a certain type of life and realize that this ain't it. So now, what do you think the father's doing at home? Think about that for a minute. What do you think he's doing? I imagine if the father, which indicates God here in Luke 15, who is the shepherd, Luke chapter 15, if we're looking at him, what do you think he's doing? How is he looking for that son? I'm praying for you. You know, here's the beautiful thing about it. And here's um, here's kind of the crazy thing about prayer. You know how sometimes when you're uh, like at services or when you see people or maybe you text people or um, on Facebook, whatever it is, um, you see phrases like, uh, I'm praying for you, right? Which is Which is beautiful. You hear people say, I'm praying for you. But, you know, think about this. Have you ever thought that God prays for you? Look at this. Look at, I, we got to go here real quick, right? <laughs> Let's take this tangent real quick. Look at Luke 22. Luke chapter 22. And, ooh, yeah, let's start in verse number 31. Now, notice this concept. Now, what are we talking about? Just hold on. I'm coming. So how am I going to look for you? How is God looking for you? They look for you through prayer. Well, how do we know that? Jesus is a good shepherd, right, according to the book of John. So if he's a good shepherd, what does Jesus do? Watch Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 21 or 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you. So here's the thing, guys. Why do you feel in whatever state that you're in right now? Why do you feel like you're lost? Because guess who desires you? Satan. And let's even go a bit farther, guys, as we kind of talk and we conversate through this. Who could have you right now? It's possible. It's possible. So now watch this. He wants to sift you as wheat. See, notice what he's saying here. I want to save you. He wants to sift you. But then verse 32, how does that start, guys, if you read the text? But talking about Jesus here, what is he doing? He says, but I have prayed for you. Think about how crazy that is. Think about Jesus seeing you out of all people. You know, and and <laughs> I don't know if I preached this or if I was studying this. I can't remember, but think about God. <clears throat> God sees you. And, and sometimes in this life as we walk through, sometimes we don't feel seen. You can almost go through life almost almost kind of invisible, but God sees you. So now he says, look, I've prayed for you in your situation. That's How comforting is that just to know that our Lord prays? Think about that. Jesus prayed for you. I've prayed for you that your faith doesn't fail. So what is Jesus saying? I see in your specific situation right now, you're holding on to a thread. 
And that thread might be hope. That thread might be faith. Whatever that thread is, you're holding on and, and you've been knocked down time after time after time, month after month, year after year. It just keeps happening to you. And as you keep getting knocked down, you haven't let go yet, but you're literally holding on to a thread. So as the sheep, as, as the shepherd who's looking for you, guess what I'm doing for you? I see you and I'm praying for you that you don't let go. Why? Because as the shepherd, I'm coming. Think about that, guys. I have prayed for you that your faith fails not. And when you are converted, when I help you, then you go strengthen someone else who's going to fall. So think about how, think about how the image changed. It's almost like, in a sense, being sheep, when we're saved, when we're helped, when someone pulls us up, it's almost like, in a sense, we kind of take on the attributes of a shepherd and we go help somebody else in our exact same situation. You go help somebody else. That's the payment. You go give. So not only will the shepherd look for you through prayer, but the shepherd will seek after you. So again, as we see this in Luke chapter 15, he goes until he finds it. He goes until he finds that one sheep. So he seeks after you. But then here's something too. Not only does he pray with you, not only does he seek with you, but then number three, watch this. He walks with you. Now think about this image. We've wandered so far from the flock. We're holding on to a thread. The Lord or good people come into our life and help us and save us. And notice, what do we have to do? We still have to walk back to where the flock is. So now, here's, here's what happens sometimes. Sometimes we have this image of, okay, I helped you up. Okay, I saved you. Okay, I encouraged you. Okay, I did everything that I needed to do for you. So I already know the way back. So I'm going to run ahead of you. And I'm going to go back to the flock, and I expect you to be back too, so I'll see you later. That's the image that we have of, of helping people. All right, I did my job. I helped you up. I saved you, so, so I know the way back. So I'll go, and then you just show up. Notice what happens here. Verse 5, and when he finds it, he lays that sheep on his shoulders, rejoicing. Here's the thing that we have to admit sometimes, guys. When we're lost, and even when we're found, when good people find us or when God finds us, we're tired. Because getting lost, think about this, guys. Getting lost is tiring work. Because getting lost, you thought you could do it. You thought it was on you. You thought you could figure it out. You thought you had the plan. The plan seemed to work for a little bit, and then things just blew up. And then when things blow up, you're tired. But then good people, then God comes and saves you, encourages you, and helps you. But notice what they do. After they do that, they don't just leave you. All right, you crawl back to the flock. I'll see you later. Think about this image, guys. It's, it's so beautiful. They put you on their shoulders because they know you're tired. And as think about the image. You're on their shoulders and as you're just, oh, thank you. They're rejoicing. I found her. I found him. Let's go. We got to go back. So imagine 
the shepherd grabbing that sheep. And I've seen images of you grab both legs and you almost kind of wrap that sheep around you as if you have kind of a scarf and you run back and you're just, yes. Think about that image. Just hold on. I'm coming. Don't you guys want that? Wherever you're at right now, don't you want the Lord to provide that comfort for you? And don't you, here's the thing about it. Everybody, how do I put this? Um, everybody wants to know what it feels like to be rescued, to be saved, whether that's from themselves, whether that's from whatever that is. We all want to know what it feels like to be like, man, thank you. You, you helped me. So, I mean, think about this concept that God himself, he helps you. And then not only does God help you and lift you up spiritually, but God is so good. God is so merciful. God is so loving and forgiving that because he sees that you want to change, he provides the right people and the right opportunities in your life to pick you up and to strengthen you until we get back to the flock. How beautiful is that? That's ridiculous. I mean, just that image alone in verse number five. He lays him on his shoulders and just rejoices until they get back. Beautiful. So just hold on, guys. I'm coming. I'm coming. You don't don't have to carry this load by yourself anymore. You don't have to do this alone anymore. You don't have to struggle by yourself. I'm here. I'm here. I'm coming. That's what the Father's saying. (laughs) Man, that's just point one. That's just point one. This is getting ridiculous. This, that's just point one. I'm here. I'm here. I'm showing up. All right. So then as we keep going, it's just the imagery that, that's being painted here, guys, as, as we kind of walk through and conversate. So not only will they always look for you, but then number two, they will always forgive. God always forgives. So now let's jump down. So now we have the lost sheep. And as we have the lost sheep, then we come into um, the lost son, right? So later on down in the, in, the, in the chapter, verse number 11, right? He had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided them his living. So now he gives the son what he asked for. And after he gives the son what he asked for, obviously the son goes off and lives riotous and wasted his substance, verse number 13. And as his substance is wasted, then the the son ran back to the father. But as the son goes back to the father, what is the father doing? So if you look down in verse number 20, twenty, he arose, came to his father. But when he saw that his father was a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and his father ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You guys notice the common theme here? There's always this sense of... um relief so now with the with the sheep the relief is i don't have to bear what i'm bearing by myself i can have another shoulder to help me then the father hangs on to his neck i don't have to think the worst about my son that he's gone anymore he's back there's a sense of just hold on i'm coming don't you guys want to feel in your life right now from god and from other things, don't you want to feel like a sense of relief? Because here's what being lost 
and here's what living riotous, here's what that does. We might think in the moment, because things are all kosher right now, we might think in the moment that things are actually going the way that we want it to go. But here's the crazy part about it. It's actually putting more weight on you. And as those things put more weight on you as you're living the way that you want to live, at some point, you're going to want to feel a sense of relief. You're going to want to feel a sense of relief. So relief is being found here when Jesus and good people are saying, look, I'm coming. I'm coming. So the father ran back to the son. Now, look at the imagery that the father paints here with the son. The father is ready. Think about this. Think about that word. The father is ready to have him in the fold. This is how good God is. Here's the thing about forgiveness. And and Jesus teaches us about forgiveness in so many texts, especially Luke chapter 17. But here's the thing about forgiveness. Sometimes, actually, let's describe it like this. Forgiveness is not an impulse thing. Okay, but sometimes we think it is. All right, forgiving is not off impulse. Forgiveness is something that you have to be ready for. All right, I don't don't want y'all to miss this. Forgiveness is not an impulse thing because if it was impulse, then, uh, then forgiveness is a feeling. Well, today I don't feel like forgiving you. All right, give me two years. Okay, I, I feel like forgiving you now. Forgiveness isn't an impulse. You have to be ready to forgive. So Jesus, the, the scripture says that his mercy is new every morning. So every single day as we do what we want to do, What is Jesus ready to do every single day? Even though we may keep living the way we want to live, he's ready to forgive. He's ready for it. So guess what the father was with his son? I'm ready for him. Just hold on. I'm coming. I'm ready for you. And I think that's why we have the hardest time forgiving either ourselves or forgiving other people because we're truly not ready to do it because we're living in bitterness. We're living in anger. We're living in revenge. We're living in wrath. We're living in what they should have done. We're, we're living in all this stuff, but we're wasting years and we're wasting so much time not being ready. But what do we want from God? We want instant forgiveness though. You see how messed up that is? So, Here's a question I, I want to ask you guys as we study and conversate today. Why don't lost sheep, talking about us, why don't we come back sometimes? I want you to think about this for real. Why don't lost sheep, why don't we come back sometimes? And I know there's probably a plethora of reasons, but here's here's what I see through this text in Luke 15. Number one, I think the reason why the sheep didn't come back and the son didn't come back at first was because of their own pride. Either we have to prove something to someone that we can do it without them. Either we have to, we, we have to prove something to ourselves that we're what we say we are. Whatever that is, there's a certain level of pride that we have. That's why we don't come back, number one. But then number two, I think here's another reason why lost sheep don't come back. Because we're afraid of, quote, unquote, older brothers. So how did the older brother feel? 
in Luke chapter 15. Watch this. Look at the text. Luke 15, watch verse 25. Now, when all this celebrating and rejoicing is going on, watch this. Now, the text says that the older brother, verse 25, was in the field, and as he came, and as he came close to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he said, what is this thing that, that's happening? In verse 27, your brother's come, your father's killed the fatted calf because he's received him safe and sound. And he was what? Verse 26. And he was angry. Let's take a quick time. Quick time out. Why was the older brother angry? Why was he angry? Think about this. Because ultimately, he knew his brother was going to come back. And guess what? He, was, he wasn't preparing himself to forgive. Think about that. And his older brother was angry. He wasn't ready as his father was. But what did he say he was? I've stayed here. I've done everything. Yeah, you've been doing everything right, but you've been doing everything right in bitterness and wrath. You weren't ready to forgive him. So what are you thinking in your mind when the lost sheep is gone? How much better you are than they are. You know, that's what we do. And we might not even admit this, but with our lost brethren, with lost whoever it is, friends, family, whatever it is, sometimes we have this older brother mentality. And that's why they don't come back because they know this. They don't come back because we have the mentality that you should have been here working like me. So you go out there, you live it up, you live your righteous life, you do what you want to do, and then you come back and get this reward like you've been here like me? Nah. I'm not ready to forgive that. Basically, what you got to do in order for me to forgive you, notice how they got to work for it. In order for you to, to in order for me to forgive you, you got to work for it. Because you don't know what I've been doing. How do we know that this is what he was saying or this is what he was thinking? Because notice what he says. The older brother literally says in verse 25, he came to his father who was ready to forgive. And he told his father, look how many eyes, personal pronouns here in this verse. Look how many years, Father. Look how many years I serve you. I've never transgressed at any time your commandment. That you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But you celebrate him. You see, here's what this, this parable teaches as well. The older brother was not ready. Here's what we're missing today in the church, guys. As our friends, as our family, as our brethren, as they're out there living riotous, what do we need to be doing that are here? We need to be waiting every single day, and we need to be ready to forgive them as the Father forgives us. That's what we're missing. We're spending too much time complaining about what they're doing rather than preparing ourselves to be ready to forgive. How messed up is that? So we actually might be older brothers <laughs> doing the right things, though, doing the right things. So I want you to, guys to think about this. Just hold on. I'm coming. When is the last time when, when you didn't do things right? Think about you. See, we, we tend to think about everybody else. When's the last time you had to work for God's forgiveness? So, so if you if you sinned or you didn't do anything right or, or you weren't this, you could pray to the Lord and he'll forgive you. But why is it that when somebody crosses you, you got to talk about them? 
you got to be bitter. It's like they cross some line. And we feel like we're justified because they crossed me somehow. But you want God to forgive you, and God's always on your side as the older brother because you're so perfect, right? Okay. Okay? You're not ready like you think you are. Well, how do we know that? Because look at what the Father said. Verse verse, um, verse number 16. Son, you're ever with me. I care for you too. And everything that I have is yours. You know that. But it was necessary that we should rejoice or make merry and be glad. For your brother was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now he's found. So what's the lesson? As the father and as my son and as his or her brother, what's your position in this? You be ready to. Don't don't come to me as the father getting mad. Don't come to me justifying why you feel the way that you feel about people. What you need to be doing, number one, you need to keep doing right because you're still my son too. But number two, you need to prepare yourself to forgive them. Why aren't we doing that? Let's be real. Why aren't we doing that? Guess what it is? It's ego. Because for some reason, we have this mindset that, that people have to fit the scale with us. They have to do everything we've been doing. What? I, it, we'll get off on a tangent on that, but we have to think as the father thinks. He told us to. We got to think as he thinks. All right? So we, we just we just got to be careful about that, guys. And, and this is not saying that we should just, you know, just be happy-go-lucky and just, you know, ex- we have to understand and be smart about things. Right. So we got to understand that um, we have to do things the right way. We have to do things that the father wants us to do. Luke chapter 17. But this is an attitude. This is not saying don't be smart and be gullible. This is saying you have to switch your attitude with things. This is the father talking. So if we disagree with what's being said, we're disagreeing with the father. This is the attitude he told us to have. Why? Because I have it to you. Just hold on. I'm coming. They always look for you. They always forgive. But then number three, what do they do? What does God do? They always rejoice with you. You know, here's the thing. When when we're helped, when we're encouraged, when when someone just, I'll be there, and they help you. Sometimes we don't, um, we don't, come to those people we don't come to God because for some reason we feel like we don't deserve their help we don't deserve God's help and in a sense you actually might be right but when you think about it everybody doesn't doesn't deserve God's help but they're always willing to rejoice with you you know I want you to notice something in Luke 15 the lost coin the lost son and the lost sheep what's consistent about all three parables All three, each item or person or thing was lost. But what happened when each item, person, or thing was found? What what else is consistent, brethren? Everybody rejoiced. The woman rejoiced, but notice she didn't rejoice alone. She called everybody over. The the shepherd rejoiced because he rejoiced with the other sheep. The son rejoiced and the father rejoiced because they rejoiced with everybody in the household. So what should we be doing when when people come back? 
when people change. There needs to be some rejoicing happening. But many times when people come back, it's almost like this sense of prove it. It's almost like this sense of prove it. It's almost like, it's almost like, all right, let's test that. Again, understanding we got to be smart. But again, understand why is why did the father not do that though? Because his attitude was forgiveness. His attitude was forgiveness. And, and here's the thing that I think we have to keep in mind. I think sometimes we don't want to feel uh used, and I think sometimes we don't want to feel burnt or like a pushover or whatever that is. But when you think about how small this life is compared to eternity, what if we miss eternity because here we weren't willing to forgive? So what? You're seen as gullible. So what? You're seen as a pushover. So what? You're seen as whatever it is. I'd rather be seen as that guy. To be honest, I'd rather be seen as that guy and gain eternity than not be seen as that guy and miss eternity. I, I mean, it, it's just in the long run, all that stuff, that pride, that ego, and forget, it's just not worth it. And it all goes back to Matthew chapter 5. Be therefore merciful. Right? <laughs> the mercy that we need, because here's the thing. When you look at that text in Matthew chapter 5 of the Beatitudes, Bless are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. It's just worth it. I know sometimes we feel like it's not worth it because, well, I don't want to be seen as this thing, and they can't do this, and they feel like they can just do whatever they want to me. If that's the attitude, when you come to God, what mercy are you going to get? Because what mercy did you give here? It's just not worth it having that attitude. It's just not. It's just not. So if you have to be seen as that person, just be seen as that person. Because I don't know about you, but at the, on the day of judgment, guess what I need? <laughs> I need mercy. I need mercy now. Forget, forget the day of judgment. I need mercy now. So if I can't, if I don't dole that out here, why would God give it to me? It's just not worth it. In the end, it's just not. So let's just put our pride to the side, and, and let's just be merciful. Can we do that? Let, let's just be merciful. Just hold on. Just hold on. I'm coming. And here's the beautiful thing about mercy as we kind of close this conversation, guys, as we, as we talk together. Here's the beautiful thing about God's mercy. He's rejoicing with you, but his mercies are new every morning. Here's what I don't like about what we do. Uh, we have this back to square one mentality, and that's not how God thinks, but I think that's sometimes how we think God thinks. So, for example, let's say... Uh, you're on a diet and you're trying not to eat bread, right? So let's say you're trying not to eat bread for like 30 days. So if you're not trying to eat bread for 30 days, you do good for like 15. But then 16, you're just like, man, there's nothing else here. That's all I have. I, I just have to eat this right now. So you eat bread on the 16th day or the 17th day. So then what in your mind, what do you think? I'm back to what? I'm back to square one. Sometimes we put our attributes on God. Meaning, okay, I've been good for 10 days. I've been good for one day. I've been good for 15, but I messed up. So in God's eyes, I'm back to square one. If that's the case, why would God say his mercies are new every morning? God doesn't count down like we count down. So 1 Corinthians 13, 
it bears all things. Love bears all things. If that is God's nature, first John, then why would we put our attributes on God? Like he says, okay, well, put your name there. You've been good for about a year, but then you messed up. So now you got to start that year over. So basically you're just, and here's what we do with ourselves and with, with, with good friends and people that we know. Sometimes you're, you're as good as your best day to me. So you're as good as your best day. So basically if you've been good for a year and then one day you slip that year basically doesn't matter. You're, you're as good as your best day. And then we put our attributes on God. You, well, you're just as good as your best day. If that's the case, and that contradicts his mercies are new every morning. The steadfast love of the Lord, that never ceases. That's what, that's what the text says. So why are we telling each other that God's love has ceased for you? We better be careful. Let's be real. We better be careful. Because the text says his mercies never cease. So let's not try to put in our minds and in the minds of our brethren that for some reason God's mercies has ceased for them. Because if that's the case, guess what God's saying to you? Okay. If that's how you want to live, on judgment, my mercy will cease for you too. Let's be careful, guys. But just hold on. I'm coming. Does this, does this as, we, as we've talked through today, has this given y'all like a different mindset about our Father? I hope it has. For me, it has. And it's not like we haven't known these things, but when you really sit down and study and walk through certain texts like this, it changes it. It changes it. So, I mean, study more about your father. Study more about him. And, and guys, if you're holding on, number one, understand this. God's coming. I know I, I understand the feeling. Well, I know that, but I don't feel it. I understand that, but I, I think it's, I think that's a part of the process of us not feeling it. Because if we could feel it, that, that would give us an advantage. I think, I think that's a part of the faith process, the not knowing. But then number two, not only is God coming, but because God is so good and because he cares and scripture is consistent with this idea, when you ask, seek, and knock for the right things, for him, for, for God's heart, God will put certain people in your path that you need. I can't explain it, but that's that's his that's what he does. That's what he does. He did it for Elijah. He did it for Paul with Ananias. He did it with he you know, he did it with so many people. He's always provided help. He did it with David in Psalm 23. He never leaves you stranded. But that's what Satan wants you to think. If I can if Satan says if I could get him to think, if I can get her to think that God isn't coming, that nobody's coming, that nobody cares, that it's almost like you're that tree in the forest and nobody hears the crash. If I can get you to think that, I got you. But guys, I hope that this was able to encourage you. Please, just hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming. Man, I, that encouraged me. That that really encouraged me, and I hope that that was able to encourage you. So I, I just appreciate you guys and and reach out if you need help Let, let's pray with you let's let's help you and let's let's help us grow together as we uh study as we talk through today so again look at luke 15 again go through those texts again look at the attributes of our father and i hope that i was able to encourage you as it's encouraged me so um i appreciate you guys you guys are the best uh thank you guys for your support 
Again, link for the merch is in the video. And then also the link if you want to be a monthly supporter for the podcast is in the video as well. So thank you so much, guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, and if again, if you're local in the area, come visit us here at, at the West End Church of Christ here. Uh, I love to study with you, talk with you. I know Matt would as well. So uh, we just really appreciate you guys, and we love to see you in person. So uh, we appreciate you guys, and Lord willing, we will see you on Monday with another podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs>